Oh, hi, everyone. Um, I'm here today with uh, Jamie Hilario. Um, he is the co-founder and director of Screen Rescue. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Hi, Doug. How are you? Very good. How are you? Yeah, good. Good, thanks. It's pour, pouring with rain outside, but uh, but that's, you know, that's that's this time of year, isn't it? So Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, uh, just to, just to start off, um, tell me about Screen Rescue. Uh, what what does Screen Rescue as a company offer its customers? Uh, just just so that people can understand what you're all about. Uh, screen Rescue basically offers the best windscreen repairs possible on the planet because of the equipment we use. Uh, it's the latest state of the art American equipment. We've got uh, sole rights to use that equipment in the UK as franchisors. Um, the service we offer is unparalleled. It's uh, professional and people rely on our service. Okay, and and so, so Screen Rescue, tell me a bit about that. Is, are we talking um, are we talking windscreen replacement? Are we talking fixing chips and windscreens? Are we talking, uh, is this at a, a commercial or, or is this at a kind of a private level? So who who make, who make are your customers, I, I suppose? And, and what exactly do you end up doing with, with the screens or windscreens? Okay, we are predominantly, we are repairs only. We're not replacement. So okay. we are, we like to call ourselves a green company. Windscreens do not uh, biodegrade in landfill. So we're all about saving the windscreens in vehicles. Um, sorry, the, the, there were various parts to that question, Doug. <laughs> there were. So, yeah, the other aspect was, OK, so screen repair, right? That makes sense. Um, repairs only, yeah. yeah. And then... And then um, is it mainly aimed at a commercial market, or or is it some is it something that I as a you know my if I've got a chip in, in my windscreen in my car at the back, can I come to you? How, how, what yeah, in terms of your customer makeup, we don't we don't operate with Joe Public, shall we say? We do okay. business business to business. Right. Okay. Perfect. Okay. And and tell me a bit about that commercial aspect of it. What what what's a makeup? What's an example of a commercial client that you would work with? A commercial client, for instance, is uh, car dealerships. Yeah. Mainly dealing in secondhand vehicles. Uh, companies with fleet vehicles, so any companies with uh, HGVs, vans, uh, taxi companies, coach companies. That's our that's our target market. Right. Okay. And and uh, and would that include like hire like car hire companies as Absolutely. well? Absolutely. With a fleet. Absolutely. Any any anything with a fleet. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, 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 tell me about how the business was originally started, where it was started, um, and and how you how you got involved. Well, we we were involved a few years ago with a local repair company, which wasn't it wasn't run very uh, successfully in 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 the fact that it it wasn't no one had liveried vehicles. There was no logos. Uh, and because of Amanda's background in franchising and my background in sales, we both agreed that this could be done a lot more professionally, which is uh, which is why we came up with the name and the logo for Screen Rescue, which is Amanda's doing, actually. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah, I was going to come on to that. So yeah, so so screen rescue. Um, how that process of deciding a name, like you and Amanda obviously had a chat about that. Um, how how many different kind of names iterations did you go through to get to come up with screen rescue how, how did you come to that? i always find it interesting i mean it seems obvious screen rescue but there's always a bit of a story behind behind a brand name yeah the some of them are quite comical i can't remember all of them that we came up with um but screen rescue seemed to sort of sound okay uh it rolled off the tongue okay uh, and because of the rescue uh word that's how the logo then got developed uh, yeah. with the with the green cross and then the gun sight and then the chip behind it, as you can see on the logo behind me. So yeah, yeah, the vehicles yeah. the vehicles have that across the side and the bonnet, and that that's all they have. And it, people remark on how clean and fresh the vehicles look. They're not uh, cluttered, shall we say? It's yeah. A, it's a good it's a good uh, logo that stands out yeah no it is definitely i can you know i can i can see that um it, it does it's quite striking actually so um and so in terms of so this was you you guys started this business in in the uk where did you come across the um the the us side of things so like how, how did that come into it how did you get exclusivity and, and what exactly have you got in terms of exclusivity working with with us products or, or yeah just tell me a bit about that side well it in order to in order to form our own company uh and to call ourselves repairs only we had to ensure that the equipment we used was the best you could get uh which is when we came across our supplier in the uk um, he then demonstrated the equipment and it it far exceeded our expectations in terms of what it could do. Um, and we decided that's what we've got to have. That's the best, that's the best out there. So that's, so that's what we'll, we'll run with. And, and that, um, that equipment, it's US is it, it, it comes out of the US. So yeah. the supplier, so the supplier in the UK has exclusivity and, and, um, you work, you work with them basically to basically yeah, yeah, yeah yeah we have we have sole rights as uh, franchisors to use this equipment okay all right and 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 that equipment is it being used in the us um in in a similar way um through a, a brand that's offering a similar service in the us um or or, or not or do, do you not know the the equipment because because of its because of its cost the equipment is only offered to companies right okay so some companies with a large fleet that could possibly afford to buy the equipment yeah that's, that's maybe who they will target yeah yeah okay uh, um and and when you looked at screen rescue as a business um how long was it before you effectively franchised the business so what was the journey so you came up with obviously a logo and a name and, and you built your model and, and and got your equipment but tell me what happened from that point to to and how franchising came into it you mentioned amanda had some background in franchising so was yeah, this yeah. From the very beginning you thought about um when you started the business 
Yeah, because of Amanda's background with, with, with the franchise that she had, she very quickly uh, became the most successful franchisee um, with a turnover in the first year over a million pounds. Right. Uh, and because of, because of her knowledge with that, uh, I was very happy for her to uh, head, head the franchising side of Screen Rescue. Right. Okay. And and Amanda's background. Tell me a bit about that. Where, where what's her background in franchising? So what experience did she bring, which has obviously really helped you get to where you are now? Yeah, Amanda. Amanda had a franchise with Select Appointments. Yeah. Um, down near North London, I think. Um, and she quickly built a strong team around it, and then and then sold the business two years later. Right. Okay. So um, I, I understand the franchisor used to visit her every week because she was the most successful franchisee of the group. And 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 now what are you, so what are what are, what's your role in the business? What's her role in, in the business? If you you know talking about screen rescue again. My my role in the business is out in the field, predominantly training uh, and mentoring franchisees. Amanda's role is in-house. Um, she does all the money side of the business. So together it's a good it's a good team. Yeah. And 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 where are you up to? So in terms of your network size and growth, Jamie, talk to me about about so let's go back again. I just what I'm what I want people to understand is um the length of time it sometimes takes to go from being a successful business and proving a model uh, before you can actually then offer it to others um, as a franchise opportunity. But, so what, what was, what did that timeline look like? Uh, before COVID, we launched our second territory um, east of London. Um, then COVID struck. And then we got our franchisee in Stevenage. We actually launched Keith during COVID, uh, which was challenging to say the least. Yeah. Um, but it proved that even with masks, uh, we could quickly, quickly grow Stevenage. Uh, Keith has now taken on St Albans area as well. So Keith's now three years in and yeah. without masks, finds it much easier to carry on his business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how many franchisees have you got now? And what's the, what are your plans? And what's the goal in the UK? Uh, Amanda, Amanda wants within the next 12 months, minimum six more. Yeah. Within the next 12 months, we have to, we have to set a, a realistic figure. I think six is, six is, is going some. Yeah. A lot yeah. of work involved there. Uh, but I think it's achievable. Um, the second franchisee we have is now, uh, he's just finished his first year and has smashed the £100,000 target, um, which is great news. Yeah. So we're now busy promoting promoting uh, that fact. So it's onwards and upwards. And, and what... Um... 
how many franchisees can the UK hold effectively, realistically, you know, and viably over time? What what's the what's the what's the goal? Uh, I would comfortably say thirty. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's so that's a so for you, do you see it as a kind of a five year plan to build that to build that to build that up and and effectively be a national brand at that point? Yeah, I mean, we've we've seen different franchisors operating uh, and we feel some of them slice areas into too many segments. Yeah, um, we offer we offer franchisees a large enough area to be able to have a multi-van territory. Right. So they can see the potential of becoming a manager within their area, having technicians working with, with for them, with yeah. them. Um, and in order to have that, the territories have to be large enough. But you can also run the risk of having a, an area that's too large as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, and then it's underachieving, which is... So that trying to strike a, a balance there is quite critical. But we believe that uh, the path that we're on at the moment seems to be perfect. So, so ideally, you're looking for people to come in, um, be granted a larger access to a larger territory, um, run the van themselves and get to understand a business from that side and then have the ambition to to add van number two and number three and effect, effectively turn into a management more of a management type business than a, yeah. than a fan based business for them absolutely yeah yeah okay yeah. all right good sounds uh, sounds like a sounds like a good strategy and i think you know i think jamie yeah you're right um sustainable growth uh is is slower growth um but slower growth comes because You've got to find the right people, especially with that kind of a model. So, you know, I think I think um, everything you're saying there makes absolute sense to me. So, um, yeah, it's all it's all about finding the right people, really. And and yeah. finding that balance, yeah, because it's so easy for people to have ambition to start with, but then get very comfortable in a good business, um, in, a, in a one van business and, and then never develop the rest of the territory. And, you know, I've you know, I've seen that over the years as well. So, um, so yeah, good, good luck with that. It's a, that's a tricky, it's a, it's a tricky proposition, but, but when it works well, it's brilliant. So, um, so, so as a, as a franchise business and, and you've been doing this a while and you understand franchising now, what, what so far have been the biggest hurdles that you've faced? Um, I either personally or as a company, um, and, and yeah, I would say, um, you know, COVID, I, I think, is a, is an obvious one that everyone faced problems there. But, you know, maybe something out, outside of the whole COVID situation um, where you've where you've you've had to overcome something and and uh, in either the business or the franchise side of the business. What yeah, is there anything that springs to mind? Um, we we saw an opportunity um, to introduce different services within Screen Rescue. So predominantly, we started with uh, windsc windscreen repairs, uh, which was chips on cars, uh, HGVs, more large commercial vehicles. We could we can repair cracks on those. Um, we we saw an opportunity with the latest 
technology with cars, they have these automatic sensors on the uh, windscreens, which basically, as you're driving along, if something hits the windscreen, dro a drop of water, it sets the wipers off. And quite often you have grit and debris under the wiper blades, which then cause a lovely rainbow arc scratch on your, on your windscreen. And we were able to offer, uh, I think it was about seven years ago now, um, scratch removal and polishing service, which uh, has, a, this, this service has now become so needed because the cost of the windscreens has exponentially has just gone through the roof. They are now hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Large vehicles, uh, BMWs, Mercedes, large Volvos, when they first come off the production line, the, the windscreens are over, over a thousand pounds on these vehicles. So it's out of the question for, a, for a, a dealership to replace the windscreen for a client and still retain profit in the vehicle. So this is where we come in and uh, we're able to do the repairs, and now we can do scratches. The, the scratch side is great. It, it's enabled us to get into uh, dealerships where they also have their own repairers. But because we do the scratch service, that enables us to get in, in the door, get the foot in the door. And then we're able to show them further down the line what our repairs are like as well. So it's a win-win. Yeah. And what do... Um... Before you come along, what, what do you see dealerships using or doing to solve the problem of chips on their on their fleet, you know, on the, on their fleet vehicles and scratches and things like that? What what have what have what have they? Yeah, what do you typically see, and why are you so much better than that in terms of a solution? I would say ninety nine percent of companies we come across have never heard of scratch repair, so that's an easy an easy in for us. Um, with regards to windscreen repair equipment, that's also that's also very easy for us because the predominantly it's uh, without mentioning any names, there is a company offering uh, commercial vehicle, sorry, commercial clients a windscreen repair kit, which is quite costly. It's over a thousand pounds, and I think it it entails one person going on a on a, a course for a few days to learn how to use the equipment. But because it's very basic, um, it can't do the repairs that we can do in the time. Uh, and more often than not, it gets left on the shelf, this piece of equipment. Right. So we come along, they explain to us, no, we don't need your services, thank you. We have our own equipment. Oh, we find out what the equipment is. We then find a vehicle with a damage and show them what we can do. And all of a sudden, it's a no-brainer because the cost of our repairs uh, isn't through the roof. We are about saving companies expensive replacements. And when they work the figures out, their equipment stays on the shelf and they start using screen rescue. Yeah, that all makes that all makes sense. So, okay, well, that's yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. Just for for anyone that's listening who um, either themselves are interested in 
for screen rescue as a business um, or they know someone who who might find it interesting maybe just be made redundant or looking to leave their their job or employment where's the best starting point for them to find out more information about screen rescue the best starting point good question <laughs> So where can they go online? So let, let's let, um, so in terms of uh, is there a website that's a good starting point for them to get some more information about the Screen Rescue franchise opportunity? Yeah, they can go on to um, our website. Yeah. Uh, screenrescue.co.uk has all the, has all the relevant uh, information on there. <clears throat> yep. We're going to soon add some uh, videos as well, which is okay. which is coming. Um so look out for that. Okay. But Amanda predominantly deals with the um, with the recruitment side of the business there. Yeah. So so yeah. So anyone interested would end up having a chat with Amanda at some point, um, yeah. of course, and and she'd be able to answer a lot of questions. So yeah. Um, right. Okay. So that's that. Uh, Jamie, just focusing on companies that are not yet a franchise but are successful in what they do and they are considering franchising as a way to grow in the uk let's focus on the uk what would you say to them what what are what are the first or what are the what are some steps that you would advise them to take um which are really important and the reason i ask that question is because um in you know in our experience business owners when they first start looking at franchising it it's it can seem really simple um to to you know, the concept of franchising can can be laid out really simply but we all know that actually it's pretty complicated and there's complex aspects to it um so i just wanted to get your thoughts as to what kind of tips or what thoughts should people give when they start considering going going down that franchising their business route um i would suggest uh, the the uh, franchise legal agreement is one of the most one of the most important uh, documents that needs to be in place before before starting that <clears throat> Um, you've put me on the spot though <laughs> I like to do that Jamie so you do. so so talking about um so talking about your journey for example and and I suppose yeah there's the legal agreements um in in terms of systemization I mean franchising is all about systemization so are are, are there things that you'd recommend a company does um as a business without it being a franchise uh before before going down that 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 road of actually franchising their business um are, 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 what what kind of things do you think need to be yes i mean systemized i suppose the best word to to use there um i can i can only answer that from our from our perspective yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what I uh, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, from your from a screen rescue yeah. perspective, having having everything in place, um, 
to be able to franchise the business. Uh, so to put everything in place, we, we got the <clears throat> we had the franchise legal agreement set up. Um, <clears throat> we had the the company logo, the company name, the 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 strategy of operating the business. We the target market was 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 set up. Yeah. Um, so the training side, Amanda, Amanda, Amanda is operates the training side with the office. I can offer the training side to franchisees out in the field. Um, and to have everything in place, it was, um, I mean, Keith, Keith in Stevenage, uh, launching Keith during COVID was uh, extremely demanding, which, which shows that it actually does work. Yeah, yeah. And, and in, in that COVID situation, was there still... I'm guessing there was still enough. There was still enough business out there. There was still enough commercial operators that were allowed to operate at certain, you know, various stages of that kind of almost two-year period, um, that you were able to get in front of effectively. Um, and and challenging as it was, you obviously, yeah, you managed to to get through that. Yeah, I mean, be, be, because of what we do, repairs only. We 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 predominantly uh, save companies tens of thousands of pounds every year yeah so people people that want to join screen rescue it's if they've never done sales before it's uh it's not too difficult for the for them to be able to sell our service because you're selling a, a service which is predominantly saving money so even during a recession uh it's quite easy for us to open doors because we're saving companies a fortune. Yeah, no, that 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 makes sense. So, um, and and all of your repairs are they all carried out on the forecourts or or in in the location of these commercial um, enterprises? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We run uh -huh. with uh, we run with small commercial vans. Yeah, um, which which you can be seen which can be seen on the website there. Um, so we're completely mobile, independent. Um, <clears throat> with regards to repairing scratches, we do have to plug into a, an electrical socket. So we just have to ensure that uh, we can do that on site. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and what do you, what do you, what can you tell me about the regularity, if you like, of vehicles, getting chips in their windscreen for example or, or scratches like like it, it's pretty common i mean obviously from a from a, a car owner's perspective myself uh, you know every every couple of years or every few years uh, you know a chip develops on the windscreen uh, what but what kind of stats do you have about the chances of of a chip happening in a windscreen of any vehicle i suppose and 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 also just with the amount of vehicles on the road um, uh, what I'm trying to get, I, I guess, is an idea of the size of the market um, that 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 you cater to to really. Yeah, well, the 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 proven business model uh, that we use ensures that we have uh, large enough clients, which then gives the franchisee a repeat business month in month out. Some some uh, 
some of our clients require a weekly check. For instance, a large dealership with, uh, say, 300 used cars. Every week, they're selling volumes and volumes of cars. So let's say 25% of those cars, 30% are sold. They have to be then replaced. So there are, there's always fresh new vehicles for us to, for us to check uh, damages on. And because of, the, because of the proven business model, with the clients that are large enough, it ensures that there are. I can't tell, I can't tell you here and now how many repairs each client will have a week or a month, but they will have repairs. Yeah. Because of because of because of the size. So there are there are repair companies out there which deal with Joe Public. So your car, for instance, uh, your own private car that yeah. would get repaired once every two years yeah whereas our clients we have guaranteed repairs either every week every two weeks or or monthly yeah no that that makes it yeah that makes sense jamie so yes because because i don't do a huge amount of mileage so if i have a repair if i if i need a repair every two years a car that is consistently on the road um as a as part of a fleet vehicle the chart there's going to be repairs maybe once every six months or once every three months or so so it's uh, so i can see yeah i can see how that can build um and and that's interesting what you say that i think it's really um it sounds like a great business model you know once you have that relationship um with uh you know with a a commercial company that has a fleet you keep that relationship and and there's consistent work coming through that relationship absolutely absolutely people people uh our clients see us uh, they become to rely on our regular service. So they expect us to do a check for them, either weekly or two weekly or monthly. Yeah, yeah. And we, and we become a reliable um, aspect. Yeah. They trust okay. us. They trust us to uh, just ensure that their windscreens don't need replacing if they don't need replacing. So, yeah. No, it's good. Sounds sounds like a great sounds like a great business, Jamie. It, it makes it makes <clears> absolute <throat> sense. And so, really, the last question I had for you was, what in franchise terms, what do you see as Screen Rescue being a success ultimately? Obviously, you're still on your franchising journey. You you know you, you're going to build you're going to build out to maybe thirty plus franchisees in time, um, but. But how do you view success in the future? Like, what's your, what, yeah, what are you and Amanda talking about in terms of this is what we're trying to achieve? I'd, I'd like, uh, if I say to you, let's talk about windscreen replacement, Doug, you would probably come up with a name, Autoglass. Yeah. Which will be, they are considered, I would say, the largest, the, the number one, uh, probably in Europe. I'd, Amanda and I would like would like Screen Rescue to become the number one name for repairs. So Autoglass would be for replacement, and we'd like Screen Rescue for repair. Sounds like a good goal to me, Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> it does. So, well, listen, thank thanks so much for you know thanks so much for coming on. 
that's been really really interesting um and um you know hopefully we'll bump into you at various franchise events uh throughout the year yeah thanks for your time Doug. all right take care cheers cheers for now jamie all the best bye